This episode of The Explainer is supported by Daft Advantage Ads. Selling a home is a huge financial decision, so make sure your property is on daft.ie, Ireland's number one property website. Welcome to the Journal.ie The Explainer, where every week we take a deep dive into a different news story. I'm Laura Byrne, and this week, why are supermarkets engaged in a milk and butter price war? Now, in the past couple of weeks, people will have noticed headlines about the price of basics like butter, bread and milk as the inflationary period continues. Firstly, we saw a drop in the price of milk across the board in the large supermarkets. After that, it was a drop in own brand butter prices by some of the big names. Then we had one or two large chains announcing cuts to the price of their own brand breads. Now, all of this sounds like healthy competition and pretty positive news for the consumer, right? Well, it might be a bit more complicated than that. Now, in the background to all of this are the food producers, such as farmers, and they say they'll ultimately lose out. And there are questions surrounding why it took so long for the prices to fall. So with consumers and producers unhappy on either end of the food system, can anything really be done to tackle rising costs? Will these milk and butter price wars make any real difference to your shopping basket? And where do issues like food security and climate change feature in all of this? Well, joining us today to look at all of this is Katrina Morrissey, news editor at the Irish Farmers Journal. Katrina, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks, Laura. Now, firstly, can you tell us what was the price of milk and butter before the cuts? So prior to the cuts, you would have been talking about for an own brand two litre um, carton of milk, you'd be talking about two euro twenty nine. And for butter, then the old pound, as it were, or the 454 gram larger um, packet of butter, you'd be talking €3.39. So can you talk us through then what's happening? Who was the first to reduce their milk prices and why? And really, like how much have prices gone down by in reality? First of all, as you say, the the, the first of the price cuts, and, and it has been an avalanche of them since really, the first started with milk started on a Friday night um, around seven o'clock in the evening when no supermarket uh, press person would expect it to be working. But uh, Lidl moved first on milk and they said that they were going to cut their milk prices across the board, but it would translate into a 10 cent a litre cut off their two litre own brand milk. So that brought it from €2.29 to €2.19. And within hours, we had the domino effect of all of the other supermarkets coming out and saying that they were going to match it. What Lidl said was that they were going, they were happy to be the first grocer to pass on savings on their fresh milk and that the idea was to help the customers through their cost of living crisis. In their statement, they also said that it would result in 2.7 million euros in savings to its customers. So that was the first move. They got huge publicity for it. And as I say, within hours, they all the other retailers were out saying that they would cut it and they cut it by the same amount of money, 10 cent a litre, generally from €2.29 to €2.19. So clearly it's a very competitive market, as, as most of us will know. But why do you think the other supermarkets then followed suit so quickly? Was everyone just waiting for someone to do it in the first place? So I suppose, as you say, the supermarkets are super competitive. And they compete for customers and they want customers to come in the door. And there are certain products that people buy every day and you will put your fresh produce there, your milk, your butter, your bread. They're things that you can't leave sitting on the shelf for ages in the kitchen. Uh, You need to buy it daily in most people's cases and, you know, every couple of days. So they are the things that are going to attract consumers in the door of the supermarkets. 
they are often used as a loss leader product. And what that means is that the supermarkets will pick products and they may actually sell them below cost because they believe that it is worth it to them to get the customers in the door. So if I attract you, Laura, in with a good milk price, I have to buy milk every day, you have to buy milk every day, uh, you're attracted to the supermarket that has you know, been very vocal about giving you good value on milk. You walk in the door, you're probably not going to leave with just the milk. You're going to be up and down the aisles. You're going to do your full food shop while you're there. So they've attracted you in the door with the reduced milk price, but they are ultimately hoping that you will buy a very big basket or trolley of more expensive and more profitable uh, food items. You know, things like potentially toiletries, shampoo, you know, that more expensive shopping will be done in the same basket as the cheaper milk has been. So that's the idea. Oh, yeah, look, I'm guilty as charged. I don't think I've ever gone into a supermarket for just milk. We're all susceptible to what the supermarkets do. I mean, they're there to bring our attention to as many products as possible. So why do you think then, Katrina, they went from changing the price of milk to butter next? This is probably the next staple in the shopping trolley. It is exactly as you say, it's another staple. It's another fresh product that you buy every couple of days. It's something that won't sit in the cupboard forever. And it's something obviously it's another dairy product. And the retailers will be watching all of their suppliers, all of the markets. They know that the commodity price of of dairy products has been falling for a number of months. So they knew that the potential was there to cut the price, the retail price. But again, I'll, I'll go back to the fact that there would be a very strong suspicion that they are happy to sell it at actually below what it's costing them in order to get the customers in the door and walking through the shop. Now, we all know that the milk and butter don't just show up on the shelves. They're coming from somewhere and people have to produce them. Has the price being paid to producers by the creameries gone down at all or are the supermarkets taking a hit here? So what we do know is that the milk price is paid to the farmer from the processors. And in Ireland, most of the processors are co-ops, which are actually farmer owned processors. Milk prices paid to farmers from those processors have fallen by up to this week, about 16 cents a litre since January. This week, it's fallen even further. So we're looking at about a 33% drop since January. And that was before the supermarkets began to cut the retail prices. So there would be, um, I suppose this is why farmers have been vocal about the retailer um, retailers cutting prices. There would be the feeling that potentially this cut will also be passed back along to the, the primary producer, which is the farmer. Now, Katrina, we've seen some of them drop their price of bread too, but what are the margins currently then like for arable farmers? How could a price war like this impact them? Bread is a slightly funny one because the bread, all bread in Ireland, is generally produced not with wheat from Ireland at all. Uh, Ireland doesn't produce any milling quality wheat anymore. It used to. Probably the last of the milling wheat in Ireland suitable for bread production would have been about 10 years ago. Um, But in in fact, we actually import flour now. We don't even import the raw wheat. Um, So it's coming in sometimes. So the flour is coming in from the UK mainly. And that flour may have been made from potentially German wheat. So the the slice pan price, for example, which has gone from 99 cents to 89 cents now in the last week, Tesco were the first to reduce theirs this week. That isn't directly linked to Irish farmers prices because they're not doing milling uh, wheat but the commodity prices of grain have been falling. So we're talking about the harvest price for an Irish farmer now looking to harvest grain in July or August is down now under 200 euro a tonne. So that has fallen. 
and the costs of production have remained high. So things like fertilizer and uh, chemicals that are required, fungicides and pesticides still remain high. So tillage farmers are not looking uh, at a very at a good income at all this year. Yeah, understandably very unhappy farmers then in the mix. And do you think really, Katrina, are we looking at an inflection point here in terms of inflation? I think probably what it is, is that, as I say, the commodity prices have been falling. So commodity being the global price of dairy and and grain and meat, they have been falling since the middle of last year, having spiked hugely, mainly due to the, the war in Ukraine. And what you're seeing is now it's feeding through quite a long supply chain um, in the food. The food chain is, you know, pretty long in the scheme of things. So the commodity prices have been falling for a while. It's only now we're seeing the retail prices falling. I spoke to Phelan O'Neill, who's our market specialist in the Farmers Journal, and he was saying the food inflation has been higher than general inflation because the price of the inputs just took such a spike. Food processing, food refrigeration, very, very energy dependent. And we all know what happens, uh, energy prices. So that has been a massive factor. And what he's saying is that food inflation is falling, but that doesn't mean that things are going to get cheaper. It just means they're not going to get more expensive as fast as they have been. So I, I don't see a real, you know, a, a huge inflection point, but it certainly is going to slow down that rate of food inflation. Yeah, loads of factors there that you mentioned, but what we haven't mentioned here is profit and these supermarket chains are hugely profitable. Has anyone suggested along the way that there's any price gouging going on? If all these chains are able to reduce their prices so quickly, um, is there concern there? So again, I suppose we're back to the loss leader strategy. And and also what is really important to say is that there's very, very little transparency in the pricing uh, and the margins for supermarkets. There's a very good transparency for farmers. They, you know, at the at the primary producer end, they know what they're getting for, for their milk from their co-op and their processor, the co-op, they actually do own it. They have farmers sitting on the board. So there's relatively good visibility there. Once it goes from the processor to the retailer, there's a total lack of visibility. We do know that the supermarkets are very profitable because they are they do publish their accounts. We have no visibility of individual product lines or categories and how, how profitable each one is. Typically, food is not a high margin business, but that lack of transparency, I suppose, is an issue and has been raised for a long time. And it's one of the reasons why the government is bringing in what's called an agri-food regulator. And that's going to be in the doll in the coming days. And part of the role of that office is going to be to analyse and report on food pricing and markets and also to regulate against unfair trading practices. So what farmers have been promised is that this regulator will be a voice for farmers and fishers in the food supply chain. So I think they'll really welcome that. I think the the proof will be in the pudding as regards how much visibility we'll get in the transparency in the food chain. So to go back to your original question, um, is there price gouging going on? We don't know because we can't see it. You know, we, we don't have good enough visibility of what's happening at the retailer side of things. So we have a, a step to maybe regulate and we're very good in Ireland at setting up, uh, let's say, semi-state bodies to do reports and regulate. But whether they have any teeth, as you say, is a big question. But the government has come out this week in one in one shape or form and met with the supermarket chains. What has happened with that? Yeah, so uh, Neil Richmond met with the, the retailers. But I suppose 
farmers will always go back to the fact that there is no visibility of whether they're getting a fair proportion of the price. And generally, that's all farmers want. Uh, you know, it's not in anybody's interest along the supply chain to be making super profits at the expense of another part of the chain. But we can't say whether there is a fair proportion of the price going to farmers for a lot of food products. Thinking of selling? Choose Adapt Advantage ads to guarantee unbeatable visibility, attract more buyers and get the best price for your home. Ask your estate agent for Adapt Advantage ad today. So you touched on that earlier, Katrina. Can you tell us about the farmer's point of view overall? Surely their industry has been hit by the cost of living crisis. As you say, some of their expenses have, have really escalated. Yeah, it's funny because farmers are both producers and, and consumers because I'm from a farming family and we've always bought our milk and butter and bread in the shop. So we're actually getting both sides of it. They have been hit by the cost of living absolutely in their households but also on the farms, in their uh, in their production, things that I've mentioned already, uh, fertilizer, hugely, hugely connected to the cost of energy. Price of fertilizer last year more than trebled. And fertilizer is what grows grass in this country. We have a great climate for it. We have good temperatures, you know, good moisture. And the other way to increase your grass growth is fertilizer. Animal feed prices, so our cows producing the milk and butter are generally, you know, 95% uh, grass production of milk and dairy products, but there would be some concentrate feeding and those prices also increased. So towards the end of last year, there would have been, um, and dairy farmers would would be completely open about this, they did get very good money for their uh, dairy products last year for milk. Milk price was very high. And the reason for that is because they had actually used the inputs from the previous year at a lower price. So their fertilizer, they had applied it when it was at a lower price. They then got a very good milk price throughout last year. This year we're coming into now we've had a 33% cut in the farm gate milk price. Fertilizer prices were extremely high when farmers were buying it and applying it. So what is now recognized as record um, dairy farmer income last year, going to disappear this year for sure. So there are some of the costs incurred by dairy producers, but what other costs are they facing now? Well, I suppose at a very basic level, you have to maintain your herd. So you've got whether it's 80 or 100 cows to look after 365 days of the year. Um, you've got all the, all the health issues that come with that. You've got veterinary costs. You have housing costs. You know, these animals have to be housed for the winter. You have to have an adequate land base for um, for them to graze in the months that they're outdoors. You have your milking parlor, you know, that's expensive equipment. You have cooling equipment in your dairy. So your milk has to be stored until the processor collects it, which could be uh, daily, every second day or every third day, depending on the size of the herd. Huge, huge amount of infrastructure around just the cows grazing in the field. And it's one of the, the jobs, I suppose, it is 24-7, 365 days a year. Dairy farming is the most profitable type of farming in Ireland, but it's also the one that requires huge, huge commitment. You cannot decide to go on holidays in the morning because you will have to have your cows milked twice a day. You will have to have someone managing their health, their feeding, uh, you know, breeding at this time of the year is very important. So there's a huge, huge amount of expense and management involved in producing milk from a dairy herd. And when we look at dairy farmers, are they being squeezed by the expansion of the sector in recent years? They're the victims of their success almost. 
Uh, not particularly, because, yes, there has been big dairy expansion, and that's because there was literally no expansion allowed up to 2015. Quotas restricted any kind of increase in milk production per farm. Um, since 2015, that pent-up, I suppose, desire to add more cows to the herd um, was released, and they ex- they did expand and expanded rapidly. Uh, but that is tapering off now, and... Farmers are not producing, they're not necessarily competing with each other because so much of our dairy produce is actually exported. So Irish farmers are producing for global demand and driven by Asia, China in particular. And there's almost an insatiable demand for dairy products. And the milk that is produced in Ireland, the majority of it goes into manufacturing, which means it goes into things like cheese, it goes into infant formula, it goes into protein nutrition products. And there's huge growth in all of those markets. And do you think, is there a middle ground to be found here that could keep maybe farmers, consumers and the supermarkets happy? I think there is. I suppose the ideal scenario is one where all parts of the food chain could be assured that they're getting a fair part of a fair share of the margin um, for the work that they do. And as I said, in the case of dairy farmers, you know, that's 365 days a year, milking cows, all weathers. It doesn't matter. It still has to be done. The, The middle ground would be that fair share for everyone. And the lack of transparency in the food chain at the minute is the reason that farmers can't be sure that's always the case. Just to go back briefly, I, I forgot to mention there, I suppose, in terms of the cost of production, this week, uh, Lakelands, one of the dairy processors, has reduced milk price to 37 cents a litre to the dairy farmer. At the moment, the cost of production, so that's everything, including feed, fertiliser, infrastructure, man hours, woman hours, everything included, is 40 cents a litre. So that means that the farmer is losing three cents for every litre that's produced on the farm this week. We're coming into peak milk production time of year. So it is important that farmers can cover their costs of production. That's not currently happening. And Katrina, where do you see all this going then? Can the government truly compel very profitable, as we mentioned, supermarkets to factor in not only consumers, but the producers along the way? Yeah, I suppose we're all talk of sustainability um, these days, and and sometimes that means plastic recycling, but sometimes it means sustainability of the people that are producing your food. And the reality is that unless there is a living to be made from whatever type of farming you're doing, the next generation will question the wisdom of going into farming. And that's why it's important, I suppose, again, going back to that fair share, can the government dictate to the retailers? I think they can apply pressure. Uh, I don't think they can dictate necessarily. Where supermarkets are driven by their business and their business is to increase their market share or retain it, to convince you, me, to go into their shop instead of the, the supermarket next door. Um, so they will go where the profit is to be made in general. Um, but I think there is a case to be made for thinking about what would happen? And we've seen it in the vegetable sector, in the fruit and vegetable, we've seen it in horticulture. That area of farming in Ireland was has been squeezed so much by the power of the retailers that there are only a handful of horticulture producers for some vegetables in this country. Um, the supermarkets are able to import vegetables from abroad to either supplement the supply or put a bit of pressure on price that they have to pay. And, you know, the horticulture sector is an example, in my opinion, of where it can go wrong, where the primary producer is squares too much. People just say, it's not worth it. I'm out. They go and get an office job in some cases. 
And I think we've nearly been spoiled in this country with our high quality and home produced milk and butter. But we do import a lot of fruit and vegetables now. And you'd hate to see it get to the point where that was happening when it came to the staples like milk and butter. That's right. I mean, some of the vegetables are are imported because we want things out of season. You know, we we want we, we've become so used to the fact that we could get a strawberry in December, which is really quite ludicrous. Um, you know that that we import from Spain tomatoes. We've seen lettuce and tomato uh, lettuce and tomatoes in short supply earlier on in the year, and that was because there were issues in the supply chain in Spain, mainly related to weather. But we've become so used to having everything that we want whenever we want it. Um, that there would be a danger that if too much pressure is put on primary producers and primary producers just say, this is not worth it, it would be easier to go away and get a job in the local factory or go into an office and get a job. We won't have Irish food production, and that's the danger. And, And I, for one, I suppose, as a farmer's daughter, but someone who lives in rural Ireland, it's really, really important that we are able to produce food at home and be able to support our local local producers. So farmers have always been a pretty powerful lobby in this country. Could we see protests on the back of all of this? I look at you could always see protests. You know, if if there's um if there's enough pressure applied, you could, of course. But farmers are aware, I suppose, that, you know, prices do fluctuate. They've never had a guaranteed price for their product. If they can make enough over the course of the year, they would be reasonably happy and always hope for a higher price. Does this particular one... It may, the liquid milk market in, in particular, there's a, a smaller number of farmers producing for the liquid milk, and that's the fresh milk that you're buying in the cartons. They could feel that their margins are being squeezed. I don't see a protest imminently, to be honest. But if enough pressure is applied, there's always the chance of protest, yes. Finally, Katrina, when we look at these, let's say, milk and bread and butter wars, are you, do you think this is an economic story or a marketing one? Or as you mentioned earlier, are we looking at this is really down to food security and climate change issues? I think it is both economics and marketing, because obviously it's down to economics for the supermarkets. They want to get the customers in the door to be able to make their business profitable. It's absolutely about economics for the primary producers. Um, But it is also about marketing because going back to that loss leader strategy, you know, it's about telling you that 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 Tesco or Super Value or Lidl or Aldi has the cheapest milk and you should come in here. But then they will hope that you will buy more profitable, higher margin products while you're in there. And to be honest, they've got acres and acres and hours and hours of publicity for their uh, supermarkets over the last two to three weeks. We've been talking about nothing except bread, milk and uh, and butter prices. So I think it's both. It's economics and marketing. I think probably the best advice for the listener is to stick to your shopping list and think about where your food comes from is probably all we can do for now. Yeah, uh, I think that's that's really important. Like, where does your food co- come from? Personally, I would much prefer to support an Irish company or individual where possible. Not always possible, but where possible. I think ultimately sustainability is about making sure that we can be food, you know, food aware, I suppose, when we're doing our shopping. Well, thank you so much, Katrina, for explaining all of this for us today. And we really appreciate your time. Thanks for having me on, Laura. This episode of The Explainer was supported by Daft Advantage Ads the best way to sell your home in Ireland. Looking to get the best price for your home? Ask your estate agent for a Daft Advantage ad today. 
Thanks again to the news editor at the Irish Farmers Journal, Katrina Morrissey, for joining us today. You've been listening to the Explainer podcast by thejournal.ie. This episode was brought to you by producer Nikki Ryan. If you'd like to support all the work we do here, head to thejournal.ie forward slash contribute to make a one-off donation or become a monthly subscriber. And of course, you can always leave a review and a rating wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.